welcome back to Love Curvy Yoga. As always, we are really happy to be here with you. Yes. So we are going to get started with our practice notes. Okay, so my practice notes <laughs> for the week are come out of the pose. So listen, these are things as teachers that we say to other people all of the time. Right. Uh, but sometimes we forget they also apply to us. So my left knee is just acting tweaky. And I think I know what's going on and I know how to solve the problem. I need to just do that. <laughs> but I was in like a warrior pose the other day, which I am a rare breed. I don't love warrior poses. They don't make me feel like a badass. Like I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But I was doing it, and I think I was internally grumbling so much about the fact that I was in warrior pose that I wasn't paying attention to the fact that my knee was really hurting. Mm. And I, like, finally after being there, I mean, it felt like 25 minutes. It had probably been, you know, 10 seconds. <laughs> I was like, um, hello, back out of the pose. <laughs> <laughs> Your knee hurts. You're so busy internally complaining about the fact that you hate warrior poses. They are not even paying attention to your body. Uh (laughs) Well, listen, it's your practice. Also, you should know, and this was not in a class. (laughs) I was practicing by myself. So it's not like I was following someone else's instructions. It was my own. Um, Yeah, just come out. If something hurts or it's like more of... Uh, more strain and not so much stretch, like come out of the pose. It's fine. Yes. That's so good. It's easy to forget that though. It really is. Especially when you're complaining about what you're doing on the inside. (laughs) You should have just complained on the outside and then you would have been like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) next time I'm complaining on the outside. Uh, my practice notes, which I noticed both on and off the mat, is don't give yourself just 10% of what you want. That's really good. So I was in a class recently and we were already sort of in a shavasana position before the actual one. And the teacher was like, okay, you can, you know, stay here or get into another position. And I was like, maybe I should get into another position. I don't know. Maybe I'll stay here. Okay. I'll stay here, but I'm a little uncomfortable. It's fine. I'll just stay here. And then I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I was like, get comfortable. Yeah, let's get comfortable. So I switched up my position. I got a blanket. It's just like, Oh, I'll let myself have this much rest or comfort or whatever. But any more than that is not. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. So actually today, something similar happened where I feel like I'm fighting off a cold. Uh, Liz, you know, this literally happens to me every fall. As soon as the season changes, I always start to get a cold. So I was like, I should rest while Hazel's taking a nap rather than work or like run around the house doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So I laid down I'm scrolling Instagram. I'm like, you know what? You should actually just sleep instead of being on Instagram. Right. So I kind of rolled over in bed and got into a different position, which was not comfortable. We're (laughs) sensing a theme here. I didn't have the blanket. I was like, I'll just lay here. It's fine. And then I was like, again, what are you doing? I was like, gonna take a nap, take a nap. Take a nap. This is really good. Comfortable. So I just 
you know, switch my position. I pulled up the cover. I got the pillow. Like I normally like it. And I had a nap and I was just like, self, what is wrong with us? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like I've made progress because I will let myself have some small measure of comfort, but just such a little crumb and there's no for it. The little crumb. I want the whole cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's a lot. Well, I feel like what we're talking about is sort of related. So let's go ahead and move into our next segment. Yeah. So in this segment, we're going to talk about conditions of enoughness. And this is an idea that I learned from Jennifer Loudon, who is a wonderful author and teacher and a friend of mine. And the idea behind it is, and I'm sure those of you listening have your own ways that this shows up in your life, if not like me in basically every area of life. And it's this idea that you should always be doing more. Like whatever you're doing, it's not enough. You could be doing more. And so Jen talks about how if you don't define what enough is, then those voices will just continue to kind of harass you. Like, why aren't you giving more at work? Why aren't you doing more at home? All the different places that this shows up. And so she talks about four different steps to define what enough is in your life. And this can honestly apply to almost any scenario. So number one is name what is enough in simple facts. So you don't try to make it super complicated. You just say, this is what enough is. It's a five-minute shavasana or whatever. Yeah. So that kind of takes us into the next one, which is including a time element. So for how long, how often, by when, you're really trying to pin this down. Um, And if you've ever done any goal-setting reading or work or whatever, it's always about making it measurable so that you actually know what you're doing. The next one is my favorite, number three. It's ensure that your conditions of enoughness are dependent on only you on an average day, not on a superhuman day. (laughs) And that not on a superhuman day has been such an important teaching for me in my own life because so often I think when we're setting out to do anything, whether that is establish a yoga practice or get a new job or learn a new skill or whatever. We are like, okay, I'm going to wake up every day at 5am and I'm going to, you know, go to the gym or get on my yoga mat and I'm going to do it for an hour and it's going to be intense. Or I'm going to, you know, do seven classes in my semester course load when really four would be fine. (laughs) So it's remembering that, for me, days are different. You know, my energy yeah. changes. Yeah. What people need from me is sometimes unexpected and changes. Sometimes something comes up I wasn't anticipating. You know how, I mean, everybody listening, you know how life is. These things yeah. happen. And so this is really remembering that those things are going to happen and taking that into account as well. Well, and I think that ensure that they're dependent on only you is so important too because you don't ever know what's going to happen with someone else's schedule, with someone else's job, with someone else's kids. So I think that is, I love that. I think that's, it's huge. 
Yes, a hundred percent. Like those two are such big eye openers, I feel like. Yeah. And then number four, declare that you did what you said you would when your conditions are met. And this is the really important part that Jen always emphasizes, which is even if you do not actually feel satisfied. Mm, That's good. Because a lot of times you might not, because those voices of more, more, more are really insistent. Yeah. So you might meet your condition of enoughness and then still feel like that wasn't enough or I didn't do it how I wanted to, or there was an interruption, you know, all the things that we come up with to kind of diminish. Yeah. And so she says it's really important to actually say out loud, even if it feels corny or awkward or not real, I did this. I accomplished what I said I would do. I've met my conditions of enoughness. That's really good. So we thought we would talk about some ways that this shows up in our lives. Yeah. So let me just kick it over to you. Yeah, I think, so for me, in relation to yoga, enoughness for me is that forward fold in the kitchen that I talk about so often. Yeah. Um, it is enough. Yes. <laughs> a lot of days, depending on, you know, the time of the year and the kids' schedules and all that stuff, like, it literally has to be enough that while I was making dinner or whatever, that I did that wide-legged forward fold in the kitchen. (laughs) And so that seems like a really low (laughs) standard of enough. But when more than that happens, it's great. (laughs) But there are, there will be days in a row that, you know, we leave at 645 in the morning and we're not home until nine o'clock at night. And, you know, so sometimes that forward fold in the kitchen is a forward fold when I'm going to the kitchen to get a glass of water or whatever. But yeah, I mean, for me, that, that is my standard of enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it makes such a big difference because when you have defined that, then you do it and you're like, oh, good for me. <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> Rather than feeling like, oh, all I did was this forward fold. Uh, Yes, it totally, it changes all of it. Yeah. Well, I feel like my standard is even lower. So (laughs) you're hilarious. (laughs) Mine is that it's enough that I listen to my body and respond. Not even every day. Most days. (laughs) (laughs) She hasn't drank water in three days, guys. (laughs) I have my water right next to me. I know you do. (laughs) Because that's really what's important to me about my practice at this point in my life, which is that I'm using it as a time to check in and respond. So most of the days, you know, that might be one pose, like you were saying. It could be a few more. It could be breath. You know, it really changes every day. Yeah. But it is that enoughness of the check-in. Yeah. Which kind of has a dual benefit, I guess, which is checking in and then also responding in whatever way feels relevant. Yeah. That's really good. I like it. Okay. So my one kind of off the mat life one would be what has been presented to me is enough. So I have the privilege of running a a nonprofit um, that I've talked about before. And especially early on. I mean, it still happens. Um, I would like often lay awake at night and think about the needs 
that had not been presented to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I know that there's more needs. Like everything that's been presented, those needs have been met. It's been great. It's amazing. Um, but I know there's more and like, how do I get to them? <laughs> and so I really had to come to a place where I was like, if you see a need or a need is presented to you and you are able to find a way to figure that out, that's enough. Which is, it's hard for me. I still go seeking them out. Love it. It's not that I don't seek them out because I still do. As opposed, it's not, my enoughness isn't just sitting back waiting for them to come. I still seek them out. But I know that like once I've found something or once something's been presented to me and we've found a way to meet that need that I need to let that be um, enough. Yeah. Well, it feels like that makes it more sustainable. Yeah, it really does make it more sustainable. And it also just means that I get sleep. I <laughs> literally stare awake. Like I would just be awake staring at the ceiling. Like, mm. re- And it, the, the moments, it still happens sometimes where I'm like, I know there's kids we don't know about, there's families we don't know about, but I have to let it be enough that, the, the needs that we can meet, we're meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And what I've seen, not really knowing all these details until now, is that it seems like more needs have been presented to you over time. Things have grown. Oh, 100%. Yes. But it's like your capacity and your enoughness has made space for that. It's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mine feels pretty shallow in comparison, but I will still share. (laughs) (laughs) So recently I've been feeling like, oh, I really need to kind of tap back into creativity and figure out what feels most relevant to be saying and doing within Curvy Yoga. And I was talking to a friend of mine and she was like, oh, what about morning pages? Like for a certain amount of time for a hundred days. And I was like, uh, I don't know, because I, if you don't know about morning pages, it's this practice from Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way. And you get up in the morning and you just write three pages of just anything. It's not like an essay. It's kind of like some more stream of consciousness, just sort of whatever comes out that you've been noodling on. And like you were just saying, like laying awake in the middle of the night, yes. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um so I was like, okay, I'm going to set this container. Um, and I have been doing it for two weeks. And I mean, you know me, if I don't stick to a hundred days, I, I'm not going to feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> because two weeks is enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. And sometimes your baby's up early in the morning. Yes. I'm going to get up and do it, but it does feel good to kind of have, like we were describing in the steps from Jen to have a little container around it so yeah. that I know okay, here's what I'm working on. I'm not just doing it indefinitely for the rest of time. That helps me to yeah. actually do it versus being like, oh, it's fine. I'll just put it off for right. <laughs> yeah, it's nice when you have like an end point or, yeah. or I can get here and then reassess. Exactly, right. Because I've done this practice in the past at different times, never continuously, but it does feel like one of those things where at the end of the container – then I can be like, okay, do I want to keep going? Am I complete with this? Yeah. That's good. So we would love to know 
what is enough for you and yeah. your yoga practice. And one thing I didn't share, but I think is really important is that I had literally never considered doing this before I learned about it from Jen, however many years ago. So if you are the same, like, huh, I've never thought about defining what enough is in my yoga practice, for example, um, you're not alone. Not alone. <laughs> it's a great opportunity to think about that. Um, I think like through the examples that we've shared, that it can bring some measure of freedom, even just quote unquote in your thoughts, which is yeah. a big just. <laughs> a huge just to let yourself feel like at the end of the day, you can say, okay, I did what I intended to do. And the more and more doesn't have to come in. Okay, so we are going to move on to our next segment, which is Curvy Collab. And I have a shocking resource for you. <laughs> is Jennifer Lavin's website. <laughs> so I will link you to that specific article, Conditions of Enoughness, in the show notes. And I definitely encourage you to check out all of her other work. Jen wrote one of the very first books on self-care. Mm. 25 plus years ago. She's been doing this work for a really long time. Yeah. She has tons of great resources. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. All right. We are going to move on to our gratitude for the week. My gratitude for the week is cotton candy grapes. (laughs) That is. (gasps) Wait, did you just say you don't know what that is? Yeah. Okay. So they're grapes. (laughs) (laughs) And to be okay, so in reality, what this entire moment of gratitude is is me trying to find ways to have gratitude for the fact that the as we're recording this, it's October first, and it is ninety nine degrees in Nashville. <laughs> so what I'm really trying, like today, I was like, I'm so thankful for tan lines. I'm so thankful for freckles. I'm so thankful for cotton candy grapes. Like trying to forget about the fact that I'm not thankful for the amount of sweat yeah. that is still like present in my life on October the first. But cotton candy grapes are grapes. I'm sure mine say organic on them, but I'm like, this was definitely, this is some GMO something because how do you make grapes taste like cotton candy? (laughs) They literally taste like it? Yes, initially. So uh at at first, this is my experience. (laughs) (laughs) The first bite of the grape tastes exactly like cotton candy. And then it tastes like a grape. A green grape. But if you just pop them repeatedly, (laughs) constant cotton candy flavor, which I'm sure is also a choking hazard, but I don't care because it's 99 degrees. Oh my gosh. I'll look for those. So they are seasonal. So we, I can only find them in the summer. Trader Joe's and Whole Foods both carry them, but Mm. there's usually not very many. So if you can get your hands on some, do it. Just eat them slower than I do. Well, my gratitude will probably make you mad, which is that it's very fall here. Oh my God. (laughs) So the leaves are changing. There was literally frost on my neighbor's roof this morning. I do not understand your life. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just out there with my jacket on, smiling in the cool temperatures. (laughs) What even is this? Like I just, when I tell you, the high today is 99. The high tomorrow is 98. Oh my gosh. It's not going anywhere. Like this is my life now. 
It's un- it's unusual to be that hot this late there. These are record high temps. And what's interesting is that the flowers in my garden are all extraordinarily confused about what's going on. Yeah. And flowers that normally stop blooming, like in August, are coming back. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's really bizarre. But apparently this week is like the last of it. And then next week we like have a drastic drop into the 70s. We'll see what happens. Oh, good. That would be nice. Well, I have... This is only my third fall here, but it has come sooner and like colder than in past years. So it seems like we're both having a bit of a shift in what's expected, just in different directions. Yeah, <laughs> in very different directions. I'm moving to Portland. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Great. The basement's ready. <laughs> Kids will be so excited. <laughs> All right, we are going to take one deep breath together to close. Inhale. And exhale. The light in me honors the light in you.